If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, Nancy Pelosi's out there trying to kill members of Congress. She's trying to kill them, kill everybody there. If you haven't heard this, Nancy Pelosi calls in one of the members of Congress who um, was diagnosed, had had a a positive COVID test, and she was so worried about uh, winning winning the speakership, which, by the way, she won by just a couple of votes. I think five Democrats voted for some other person. Big mess there. Nancy Pelosi won because she had to bring in someone with COVID. I don't think this was even necessary. In fact, I think I think they probably should have just kicked out all the Republicans, kicked out the media, put cardboard over the windows, pulled votes from out underneath one of the tables there in the House. And had them counted each time. But I still find myself wondering what would have happened. Would the media have had any concern over the 1,214 votes or whatever number that would have been in a chamber with only 435 seats? Anyway, welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, opinions, feedback. Your adoration and praise will also be accepted. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. We're streaming live on the website as well, ToddHuffShow.com slash Listen, for those who want to find out that, yes, and do, in fact, I have a face for face for radio. We're also streaming on other social media platforms. Todd Huff Show is the account handle for all of those platforms. And it is good to be back after this holiday break. And let's get right to it this morning. So <laughs> there's a lot to get into. There's a lot to get into, but in particular, I guess the best place to start, I guess, is with these tapes that were leaked by, I guess, Brad Raffensberger. Brad Raffensberger and his office released tapes of a phone call between him, his office, and President Donald J. Trump via the Washington Post. This hit, what, yesterday, I think. And the calls, if you listen to the media, if you listen to Keith Olbermann, boy, I've got a – I don't know if you've ever listened to Keith Olbermann before. I, I remember back in when I was in high school, Keith Olbermann, uh, my brother and I, when we would get ready for school, we would eat cereal in the mornings at the bar in the kitchen. Of course, we spent uh, – we both would put the box of cereal in front of our faces because I guess we didn't want to see or talk to the other person for uh, maybe the entirety of breakfast. But anyway – 
we used to watch ESPN Sports Center, and I remember Olbermann on there. I thought Olbermann was kind of funny back in those days. This guy is completely insane. This guy is deranged. This guy is a radical, unhinged, out of control, rabid leftist, and he is. I, I don't even words escape me to try to describe how insane and how out of control and how delusional this guy is. But anyway, Olbermann's out there, and I've got some sound bites, God willing and time permitting. We'll get to that a little bit later today. But folks are basically saying that this phone call, this phone call is worse, than, believe it or not, worse than the phone call that uh, Trump had with Ukraine, which was worthy of impeachment, was a couple of votes away from getting him removed from office, if you remember that. Trump's call with Ukraine, which Trump said was perfect. Now we've got another phone call, which I guess pause and ask yourself the first question. Why are we, why are we releasing phone calls, leaking phone calls with the president of the United States who, despite the wills of the media, despite the will of the Democrat Party, despite the will of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Adam Schiff, and the rest, George Stephanopoulos, heck, George Will, George Conway, uh, never Trumpers, uh, Mitt Romney, take your pick. Despite the will of, of those folks, whether the, the radical left in the Democrat Party, the media, the never Trumpers out there today as well, Trump is still president for at least the next, what is it, 16 days now, Inauguration Day being January the 20th. Uh, we've got a date here on Wednesday. Actually, this week is jam-packed full of things that we need to watch. Number one, we've got the election, uh, the special elections tomorrow in Georgia. We've got Ossoff and Leffler. We've got Purdue and Warnick. I've got those flipped. It's Warnick versus Leffler and uh, David Purdue versus the pajama boy Ossoff. And so we've got this, um, this, these two special elections in Georgia in a state that's ignored all of their electoral problems, the problems with fraud and all of the nonsense that we've seen. Raffensperger and, and his attorney, by the way, if you listen to this full phone call, acting as though they have no they, they, idea. They, they act like the vote is exactly correct. They act as though there is no doubt in their minds that Trump lost the state of Georgia by exactly, not one more, not one less than 11,779 votes. They think they say they've got answers for everything, that Trump is leading a disinformation campaign, and the media takes that. The media, the Washington Post, other pundits, people like Keith Olbermann say that the 25th Amendment needs to be enacted. The 25th Amendment needs to be enacted, and that means... People in the cab that have to say, enough, enough Donald J. Trump. We can't take this anymore. You are unstable. You are dangerous. We are going to say that you are unfit, mentally unfit to be president of the United States. We are going to uh, enact, activate, whatever the word would be, the 25th Amendment, and we're going to remove you from office. You can't even be in there the next 16 days. You are trying, sir, to run a coup. This is the argument. This isn't me speaking, by the way, for those of you that— may have just been tuned in um, 
This is this is the argument being presented. President Trump is trying to run a coup. He's trying to overthrow the election results. He's the one that's causing there to be questions and uncertainty and just this great concern. President Trump is the one that's fueling this. That's the argument. And so they've released some some clips of the phone call, one of which Trump says I just need 11,780 votes. That's what I've got to find. As though that's the whole phone call. As though that's the point. Where Trump jumped on the phone with Raffensperger and Raffensperger's attorney, who, by the way, I, I listened to a chunk of this phone call. I couldn't listen to all of it with just the amount of time I had to get ready here this morning. But I listened to a good chunk of it, more than the sound bites. I listened to the sound bites as well, but more than just those sound bites that were released. Uh, with the Washington Post, I think there were four of those. Um, and this attorney, last name Germany, I just—I mean, about bored me to death when I was listening to him talk. I think I dozed off a time or two. But anyway, you got the attorney Germany and Raffensberger, the state of, uh, secretary of state in Georgia, basically telling the president that you know he's wrong. But they want to frame this phone call as though Trump is trying to bully and intimidate him. If you listen to this phone call, Trump is making his case. But in fact, I want to play a part of this. Do I want to do that now? No, I want to wait. I want to hold off and do this next segment because I want to let this play. I want to play from the beginning. I want to just let it play for a minute or two just so you can get the feel. Trump jumps right into it and begins to explain what happened in Georgia, the problems in Georgia, some of the things that he had seen, People voting with P.O. boxes as their um, as their home address, dead people voting, people who weren't. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And Trump, the the, the soundbite that you have probably heard or may have heard by this point, if not the the soundbites that are circulating on social media and being circulated by the media itself, those soundbites say. Trump is just asking, hey, Brad, I just need to find eleven thousand eight hundred eighty votes. That's one more vote than I'm down right now. Help me find those. Of course, the the um, what I want to say the the presumption here or the premise is that Trump's calling him up and says, "I don't care how you find them, just come up with them." If you've got to go into the back rooms today and say, "Hey, I found eleven thousand eight hundred and eighty votes for Trump stuck in a uh, stuck in a storage closet," there you go. Trump won. That's the, the idea that they want to communicate to you is that Trump is saying basically blackmail. I've heard the word extortion, blackmail, um, bullying, threatening Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. That's the story here. But that's not the feeling of the phone call. Trump is certainly making his case. Trump is certainly articulating what is uh, what is going on in Georgia? Trump is certainly pointing out, hey, you got another election here in a couple of days, which is now tomorrow. And you've, I mean, this is embarrassing to all of us. You, me, the citizens of Georgia, folks don't have any confidence in what's going on there. And now we're moving headlong into another election here. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. But it's not as though Trump called him up and said, hey, Hey, I've got uh, I gotta gotta paint a picture here of what happens to Secretary of State Raffensperger if he doesn't comply and find eleven thousand five hundred eighty votes for me. That's not at all how this phone call went. In fact, I'll play this at the beginning. 
Trump is pleading his case. Trump is explaining all the problems. Trump is highlighting what's happened in videos, what's happened uh, based upon uh, eyewitness testimony or signed affidavits, which I've seen anywhere from 1,000 affidavits all the way up to I've seen 5,000 affidavits is what the Trump legal team has put together. I don't know exactly what the right number is, but I think you could literally say over 1,000 now, up to 5,000. Trump says to act like there's no problem here. Brad is a little bit a little bit naive. There is certainly problems. There are problems that have to be addressed. There's a vote here in Congress where Congress is going to vote to accept or reject these votes, these electoral votes of the states on Wednesday, January 6th. It's a big day this week. Vice President Pence has said that, you know, he's open to entertaining objections from senators and uh, representatives, which now there's a massive number of folks, which I got some words about that as well. I hope this is real. Don't be fooled by those that are trying to play politics for this. I will tell you this. The reason that there are people jumping on board with this in general right now is because they have felt the pressure from you. They have felt the pressure. You have, and I don't mean that in a threatening way. I just mean that in a they're being held accountable, right? I don't mean like, you got to be careful here because the radical left may be listening here and thinking that that I'm saying you're threatening representatives. You are holding these folks accountable. You are telling them what you what you want uh, to hear or what you want to be done, and you're expecting expecting that they follow through. And that they actually defend the integrity of elections. You're expecting these folks to question the results because there's a bazillion reasons, not to get overly scientific on you, but lots of reasons to question these results. And anyone who acts like there isn't is not being objective and fair or they're living in a world of fantasy because there are certainly all sorts of reasons to have problems with the so-called election results in many of our states, including Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Nevada, or as Trump prefers, Nevada, Arizona. Um, And so we should be questioning these results, but we can't be tricked here into saying that someone just wants to raise an objection, play the political game, and say we tried. We expect these Republicans to not just stand firm on this, but we expect them to uh, or excuse me, to, to to cast the right vote on this and to object, we expect them to fight. We expect them to try to persuade. We expect them to communicate what's going on. I want to see them in front of cameras. I want to see them in, in front of as much media as possible. That's what has to be done here. This is an information war. And when the media controls the information and the media is the PR firm of the Democrat Party, you can say that the Democrats, the radical left, The Democrat Party machine in Washington, D.C. controls the information. We've got to get out. We've got to get out the truth that they are candidly trying to keep from you, that they are candidly trying to misrepresent from all of us. And so we need to expect and demand that our representatives, our senators, stand up for truth. We just want truth. 
We just want the true results here. We don't want anything to be changed against the will of the American people. We just want truth. And anybody who doesn't want that needs to look in the mirror and realize that they, in fact, themselves are, by definition, part of the problem. So a little bit long in this segment, but when we get back, I want to play a part of this phone call, which has caused the stir which causes causes people like Keith Olbermann to call for the enactment of the 25th Amendment, calling Trump an extortionist and a blackmailer and all this sort of stuff, being a bully, threatening poor little old Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State in Georgia. This is the way it goes, the same technique, the same, uh, the same sort of crying and moaning and just whining about being pressed on things just like the media does when Trump questions them or calls them fake news. They say, oh, it's a violation of the First Amendment. He's destroying the First Amendment. Well, why don't you put your big boy pants, your big girl pants on and fight back and explain why, in fact, you are not perpetrators of fake news. Explain to us why the president is wrong. Same thing here. It's not poor little old Brad Raffensperger. It's where is truth? What is truth? Where is justice? Where are the answers to these questions? These are legitimate questions that we have. They must be answered. And time is ticking, ticking, ticking. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight. Be tough. Be back here in just a minute. So, 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 you know what, by the way, I should mention this. This was the the screen for those of you that watch, uh, our break screen, for those of you that watch on the live stream. Did you know you can become a, get your official membership card to the conservative Not Better Party? Yes, that is our party here, the conservative Not Better Party. All you have to do is subscribe to our free email newsletter, toddhuffshow.com slash subscribe. We'll mail you your free Conservative, not bitter membership card. Happy to send that out to you. And uh, folks, it's important that we have, you know, we have to jump in and th- there's, a, there's a battle to be won here. There's a battle that's going to be taking place this week. There's a battle that's going to go on long past whatever happens here. We're in a fight for the very survival of this, of this nation. And so we have this we have a show, right? We do this every morning, but for me it's much bigger than a show. It's about communicating ideas, it's about trying to persuade people. There's a novel concept in 2021 now. Happy New Year if I didn't say that off the beginning. Novel concept to be able to try to persuade people, not convince, which is different than persuade. Not uh, you know, browbeat or have the best one-liners but actually to persuade those who don't really understand or are confused about conservative principles values the constitution and so forth that's what the conservative not better party is about you can get your card by going to tothefshow.com slash subscribe 100 percent free and you'll get a subscription to our newsletter as well so i told you before the break we were going to play a little bit a little bit of the soundbite from President, or not, not the soundbite, but a little bit of this phone call from President Trump and Brad Raffensperger. And that's with a P, not a B. Anyway, Brad Raffensperger, um, 
and Trump and some other folks are on this phone call. And, of course, we know how it's been described so far. Trump is basically threatening, they say, Brad Raffensperger. Brad is trying – or Trump is trying to extort him, blackmail him, and the like. Really, to me, it sounds like a phone call where Trump is trying to articulate all the problems – and get Brad Raffensperger to wake up and smell the coffee over there in the state of Georgia. That's what it sounds like to me. That's what it sounds like to me. So you need to decide what it sounds like to you. So I thought what better way to do this than to play a little bit of this. Now this is just the beginning of the phone call. So what happens is Mark Meadows and the team, they they put the conference call together. And Trump is doing whatever Trump is doing. And then they, they patch Trump in. And so as soon as Trump gets on the phone, the phone, you can imagine Trump starts talking. And I just want you to listen to this. This is the very beginning of the phone call. You can describe the tone and the tenor and the message of this phone call. You can decide for yourself if it sounds like one where Trump is trying to blackmail or extort or bully and threaten this poor little old secretary of state, the state of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger. Here it is. Supposed to be playing now. Okay, so that's not going to be the case. I have to cue this thing back up. So, Brad Raffensperger, <clears throat> excuse me, Brad Raffensperger um, is supposed to be you know the, the victim here. Brad Raffensperger is supposed to be one of uh, many. One of many, I guess, in the line of President Trump's, uh, you know, long line of people who have been bullied and pushed aside. As I'm trying to cue this thing back up, it's about 45 seconds in when Trump jumps on. I don't know why that wasn't playing. It's playing right here. It'll give me give me a second here to get it recued. But anyway, this this is the way that this is often portrayed with Trump. Trump is Trump is a bully. They say Trump is someone who. Um, anytime Trump plays tough, they always go to this. This is the go-to. The go-to is President Trump. You know, hurt my feelings. President Trump um, is is doing things that are not appropriate. This is unbecoming a president of the United States. And every time I kind of hear those things, I, I hearken back to President Obama sitting there with uh, Medvedev, Russia, right, sitting there telling him if he can be patient with him until after the election, uh, he can work with him a little bit better. Because, of course, if he tries to work with the Russians before the election, the American people may not like some of the things he's doing, right? And they act as though that's totally normal. That's totally normal. In fact, we're probably taking it out of context. Meanwhile, President Trump can't have a basic conversation where he gets right to the heart of the matter, and tells folks what's going on in their own state. So let's try it this time. I've got this thing re-queued back up, supposedly. Let's try it again. Um, so we've spent a lot of time on this, and uh, if we could just go over some of the numbers, I think it's pretty clear that we won. We won very substantially, uh, Georgia. Uh, you even see it by rally size, frankly. We'd be getting 25,000, 30,000 people a rally, and uh, the competition would get less than 100 people, and it never made sense. 
but we have a, a number of things. We have at least two or three, anywhere from 250 to 300,000 ballots were dropped mysteriously into the rolls. Much of that had to do with uh, Fulton County, uh, which hasn't been checked. We think that if you check the signatures, a real check of the signatures going back in Fulton County, you'll find at least a couple of hundred thousand of uh, forged signatures of uh, people with uh, that who's, who have been forged. Uh, and uh, we are quite sure that's going to happen. Another uh, another tremendous number, we're going to have an ac accurate number over the next two days with certified accountants, uh, but an accurate number uh, will be given, but it's, it's uh, in the 50s of thousands, uh, and that's people that went to vote, and they were told they can't vote because they've already been voted for, uh, and uh, it's a very sad thing. They walked out. Uh, complaining, but they, the the number is large. We'll have it for you, but it's very it's much more than the uh, number of eleven thousand seven hundred and seventy nine. That's the the current margin is only eleven thousand seven seventy nine. Uh, Brad, I think I think you agree with that, right? That's that's something I think everyone at least that's a number that everyone agrees on. But uh, that's the difference uh, in the votes. Uh, but we've had. Uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of ballots that we're, uh, we're, be, we're able to actually will get you a pretty accurate number. You don't need much of a number because the number that, in theory, I lost by the margin would be 11,779. Uh, but you also have uh, substantial uh, numbers of people, thousands and thousands, who went to the voting place on November 3rd, were told they couldn't vote, were told they couldn't vote because a ballot had been put in on their name. And, uh, you know, that's uh, very, 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 very sad. We had, um, I believe it's about uh, 4,502 voters who voted, uh, but who weren't on the voter registration list. So it's 4,502 who voted, but they were not on the voter registration roll, which they had to be. Uh, you had 18,325 vacant address voters. They had no, the address was vacant, uh, and they're not allowed to be counted. That's 18,325. Uh, smaller number, you had 904 who uh, only voted uh, where they had just a PO, a post office box number. And uh, they had a post office box number, and that's not allowed. We had... Uh, at least 18,000, that's on tape, we had them counted very painstakingly, 18,000 voters uh, having to do with, that's, uh, she's a vote scammer. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, that's the beep, I didn't include that, I'm going to turn that off, that, he, he mentioned the name, blew my ears out there, but they bleeped it out, don't ask me why they, I, it's fine that they redacted or bleeped out the name there, but. It's a lawfully high-pitched sound this morning, so sorry, but I forgot about that. But anyway, that is the tone. So the audacity of President Trump to call up Brad Raffensperger, right, and to actually tell him all the things that are going wrong in his state. People voting with post office boxes that listed as their home addresses, 18,000 votes being counted after after this alleged water main break in uh, in Fulton County, Georgia, right? This is what we're told. This is what we're supposed to believe. This nonsense that says water main break. People sit home. 
And then suddenly folks are uh, ushered out except for the people counting votes, and they're running ballots through the machines. The video shows them running ballots through the machines multiple times, the same ballots. Trump says 18,000. Trump says, look, I lost by allegedly 11,779. I've just given you – I don't know the total number when you factor up the dead people, the people who aren't supposed to be voting, the ballots that were counted multiple times. That's well over 11,779, and what the media – And what the Democrat Party wants you to believe is that this guy needs to be removed from office. He's trying to stage a coup because he's raising these very legitimate questions. And Raffensperger has sat on his hands and done absolutely nothing, pretending as though everything was above board, pretending as though there's no problems in the state of Georgia, acting as though this is normal, I guess. If this is normal, folks... You have to be asking yourself, what is the point of ever voting again? I'm not suggesting you you not vote, but I'm saying that is a logical thought. Why would we vote if this is the way that it works? Why? And then they act as though this is totally normal. Anyway, can I take a time out long again in this segment? But that's the phone call. They want you to think it's extortion, it's bullying, it's intimidating, it's blackmailing. It sounds to me like he's trying to get agreement and get this guy to move and to, to do something about it. I actually think he's he's channeling the inner salesperson that Trump has. That's what he's trying to do. He's not trying to force them. Into, he can't force them into doing anything. He's trying to get them to see all the problems and motivate them to do something about it. And if they thought Trump was going to go quietly into the night after this or that Republicans were going to allow this, they better think again. Quick timeout is in order. You're listening here to the home of conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So much to cover, as you know, on a Monday, a Monday after a holiday weekend, which, of course, again, happy happy New Year. And a Monday <clears throat> um, before a runoff, a special runoff election in the state of Georgia, a Monday before the Congress convenes, the new Congress, Speaker Pelosi, who won by a couple of votes because she calls someone in with COVID, trying to kill, apparently, every member of the House of Representatives, by bringing an infected person in. It's remarkable to think about this. Media totally disinterested in this, disinterested completely in this, but they're totally interested um, in whatever happens protest-wise in the Capitol here. Folks will be descending upon Washington, D.C. this week in support of President Trump as we head towards Wednesday, which is when the House and the Senate will have a joint session to vote to approve supposedly the election results. President Trump, or excuse me, Vice President Pence presiding over that hearing as the president of the Senate. Turns out that, yes, Sarah Palin was right. The vice president is the president of the Senate. She was mocked relentlessly for saying that back in 2008. Anyway, so that is what's happening this week. We've got 11 senators now 
And I'm happy to report to you that one of these senators is uh, your senator here for those of you. Look, I know we're heard all across the country around the world, but home base is is Indiana. And one of our senators, Senator Mike Braun, is one of the 11 um, who say that they are going to raise questions um, and, and open debate on these election results. The 11 senators include Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, James Lankford, Oklahoma, Steve Daines, Montana, John Kennedy, Louisiana, Marsha Blackburn, Tennessee, Mike Braun here, the great state of Indiana, Cynthia Loomis, Wyoming, Roger Marshall, Kansas, Bill Hagerty, Tennessee, and Tommy Tuberville, the newly elected senator from the state of Georgia. What is who is missing from that list? For those of you watching or listening in the state of Indiana, Senator Todd Young. Senator Todd Young. Um, again, absent, completely absent, hidden from the scene. I, it, it's repulsive to me. It really is. I don't take any pleasure seeing this. I will say this: I would rather see. So, I'm going to pause on that. Is that true? I don't know if I'd rather see someone hide like Senator Young is doing or do what I saw Governor Holcomb do over the weekend, tweeting out snaps and all this root for the Hoosiers, root for the Purdue Boilermakers or whatever it was over the the holiday weekend. I don't know if he thinks that his job is to be a PR candidate or PR professional for these programs or what. But we literally are watching this republic go into this incredible crisis. And there's some folks like Senator Todd Young are completely ignoring it. I guess Holcomb's ignoring it too, but he's having – he's pretending like he's just goofy, silly, ridiculous stuff. It just reminds – I mean I just – it just makes me think, you know, literally as Patrick Henry – it's like – it's – we're living in a moment that's like 1776. We're watching – we're watching an election being stolen. And I think about how, how would the founders have reacted? Do you think, you think uh, Patrick Henry on the way to give me liberty, give me death, that speech would have been, you know, snapping and dancing on camera, putting on his favorite gear, telling you to support his local program? This is ridiculous to me. Paul Revere, before that midnight ride, you think he was going to Twitter and talking about some completely irrelevant thing for the evening? It's totally ridiculous. We need leaders. We need real men. We need real women to stand up, strong individuals who are principled, who care about this nation, instead of carrying along as though this is business as usual. We're in the midst of a crisis. These folks are not fit to be leading states. They are not fit to be senators. They need, we need to find people that are actually serious about things, who are interested in leading. This is a joke. And I've got to take a break. Long again in this segment. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, I take no pleasure in telling you that I think that Republicans are part of the problem here. I don't I don't take pleasure in telling you that Democrats are part of the problem. I I, I I you know I wish that we had folks that understood and cared about truth 
that understood that nothing else matters. Look, I have fun on this program each and every day, but folks, the things we talk about are very serious. They're very serious at moments like this, right? I mean, this is, uh, these, as they say, are the times that try men's souls. And this is, this is that moment. This is for, this is the time when leaders need to stand up and not hide and not cower and not pretend like nothing's going on. And, you know, their major presence on social media be goofy, silly stuff. There may be a time for that. I don't know. Maybe there's not. Not in this climate that we're in. But anyway, I don't take pleasure in saying that. I will say this, too. I've thought about this a lot. I think I mentioned this recently, maybe once on the program. But I want to say this. Whenever people stand up and say we're going to challenge these uh, certain states and their electors, right, the electoral vote, that's great. But I say think a step ahead. Think a step ahead because some folks, the reason they're doing this, and I'm not making any accusations on any individual. I'm just telling you how the game is played. They they do this for political purposes. By making that announcement, they've done the calculation, and they think I'm not, you know, whatever happens, it's going to be dead on arrival. I just want to be able to go back and tell my constituents I tried. And and I have a quick analogy to to, to share with you. When I was in Washington, D.C., 1999, American University Justice Program. It was a pre-law program. We had a uh, we had speakers come in, and we were talking about the separation of church and state. And there was a gentleman by the name of Barry Lynn. He ran an organization. I don't even know if he's still there. Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. And uh, in the in the week leading up to it, I thought about the question I wanted to ask him, and he was a pastor. Um, but was proclaiming uh, actually on their website it said celebrating a fifty years celebrating fifty years of freedom, and I asked Mr. Lynn at the conclusion of his presentation. I said, Mr. Lynn, I said I'm asking you this question as a Christian, uh, and you're a pastor as I understand it. Um, you say that you're celebrating fifty years of freedom, but I'm curious how you. Um, define freedom and how that reconciles with your Christianity because the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that the truth will set you free. So, in other words, Christ and his love set you free. I said, I'm curious on how then you can say as a Christian that you're celebrating 50 years of freedom. I thought I had a great question. I still, to this day, that's a darn good question. I'm proud of myself, myself for that. But you know what I didn't account for? He outsmarted me. He did. He didn't answer the question. And that is my point. We have to not just say, fall for the trick that these folks say, we're going to go and challenge this. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to try to persuade? If you tell me that it's it, the odds are high, what are you going to do to change that? That's what we have to demand. And I have to take a break out of time here. Come back. <clears throat> we'll wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. folks. That's about all the time that we have, but a big, big week here. Big week. We've got, again, special election, those two Senate seats in Georgia. Republicans have to win at least one of those to maintain uh, the majority. Ideally, we should win or hopefully win both. Um, And of course, the count this week, the joint session where they count and we'll see what happens. You can still influence folks. You can still influence state legislatures. You can still influence your senators, congressmen, what have you. 
and their actions here in the days to come. Folks, I've got to go. As always, it's a pleasure to be here. SDG. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Take care.